Hey, good morning. This is our April the 23rd, 2022 podcast on uh, Randy Engel and the right of sodomy. We're picking up at 862. And Father Paul Shanley and Nambla, N-A-M-B-L-A. The first time this writer saw Shanley's name in print was in Father Ruda's book, The Homosexual Network, published in 1982. Ruda provided details of the first organizational meeting leading to the founding uh, of the North American Man-Boy Love Association, NAMBLA, held at Boston Community Church on December the 2nd, 1978. On the speakers list was Father Paul Shanley, Humberto Cardinal Madero's representative for sexual minorities to the United States Catholic Conference, USCC, Youth Ministry Board. What sexual minorities in general and pedophiles and pederasts in particular have to do with Catholic youth ministry is anyone's guess. But it is unlikely that Cardinal Madero's ever gave the matter a second thought. Bishops tend not to try and second-guess their own bureaucracy. Another reference highlighting Shanley's multifaceted sexual proclivities was Daniel Sang's The Age Taboo, an adoption, an apologia for child and youth sex with adults. To Sang, a gay, popular left-wing journalist, reported in Shanley's talk at the 1978 Invitation-Only Conference, the priest told a story of a boy rejected by family and society but helped by a boy lover. According to Shanley, the boy was shattered when his lover was arrested, convicted, and sent to prison. The cure did much more damage, Shanley said. It is interesting to note that Shanley never had any difficulty in bridging the mythical gulf that is supposed to exist between pederasty and adult homosexual relations. All pederasts and most sexual most homosexuals acknowledge the connection, while most American bishops appear to still be in denial. For example, in 1998, NAMBLA representative David Thorsted eagerly proclaimed to a standing room-only audience of homosexual activists gathering in Mexico City that pederasty is the main form that male homosexuality has acquired throughout Western civilization. In an April the 5th, 2002 interview with the Beacon, Her- uh, Beacon Journal, Neil Conway, a former priest and admitted pederast, said that he doesn't consider himself a pedophile. He said he differentiates between people who abuse young children and those who abuse teenagers. He compared this to a preference for different brands. Human sexuality has proved to be somewhat fluid and a sex abuser's range of victims may vary greatly at different times and under different circumstances in his predatory career. Shanley had the capacity to shift effortlessly between his boy victims, older teens, and adult sex partners. Shanley practiced what he preached. This is 863. Shanley practiced what he preached. Unfortunately, with NAMBLA, membership has always been long on men and short on boys. Throughout his clerical life, Father Shanley has never lacked for vulnerable boys and young men to pray on. Sometime during his clerical life, most likely while he was a seminarian at St. John's Seminary, Shanley must have found the ecclesiastical goose that laid the golden egg. 
because for more than 30 years, church officials in Boston and in Rome permitted him to act out his Nambla fantasies with immunity. After his ordination in 1960, the handsome, charismatic, and free-spirited Father Shanley was assigned to St. Patrick's Church in Stoneham. Here he teamed up with Father John J. White, another homosexual Boston priest. Together they forged a mutual protection society that would span more than four decades. As early as 1966, rumors of Shanley's predatory appetite for young boys began to make their way to Richard Cardinal Cushing and officials of the Boston Chancery. A priest from the La Salette Shrine reported that Mr. Charm was bringing young boys to his summer cabin in the Blue Hills Reservation in Milton for illicit and criminally prosecutable sex. Shanley was moved to another parish. In 1970, when the Portuguese prelate Humberto Cardinal Madeiros replaced Cardinal Cushing as the head of the Boston Archdiocese. Shanley received permission to launch his own Roxbury Street ministry based at St. Philip's Church for wayward youth, including runaways, drifters, and young gays. Scattered notations from the young priest's diaries found among the 1,600-plus pages of court-subpoenaed records from the Boston Archdiocese indicate that Shanley taught some of his charges how to shoot up Correctly, which meant that Shanley, like many homosexuals, had a working knowledge of illegal drugs. The same source indicated that during this time period, the priest was treated for various venereal diseases that confirmed his sexually active status. In 1971, Shanley was photographed by the Boston Globe riding a tractor in Westmont, Vermont, where Shanley had established a retreat house for youth workers on a 95-acre farm. Cardinal Baderos was advised that Shanley was a troubled priest, a euphemism for a ticking bomb, that Shanley had been charged with sex abuse of minors in 1974, and, uh, and that the priest was becoming more outspoken in his defense of homosexuality and, and man-boy love. Shanley was reputed to use an opportunity, including counseling sessions, and the confessional to solicit sex from young men. The Vatican was informed of Shanley's record of sex abuse in relations with boys and young men. But neither Medeiros nor the Holy See took any action against the priest. Shanley continued to serve as the Archdiocese's sexual minorities advocate until the December 1978 Nambla fiasco. Cardinal Medeiros pulled Shanley from his youth ministry and assigned him to St. Jean's Church where the priest's pattern of sexual molestation is alleged to have continued. Next, Shanley was transferred to St. John the Evangelist Church, where he served as assistant pastor. Following Cardinal Badiro's death on September the 17th, 1983, Shanley's prospects improved under Medeiros successor, Bernard Cardinal Law. Law promoted Shanley to pastor of St. John the Evangelist Church. Shanley was also working as, cha- as a chaplain at a mental institution. We know this because the Manitowoc Herald Times reporter claims that in 1988, a patient accused Shanley of graphically talking about sadomasochism and coming on to him. By 1989, Shanley had become too hot to handle in the Boston Archdiocese, and law had him shipped out of state to the Diocese of San Bernardino, California. 
The cardinal informed diocese officials that Shanley was a priest in good standing. Officially, church records showed that Shanley was on sick leave for his allergies. Father White followed Shanley out to California, and the enterprising duo set up a type of bed and breakfast house in Palm Beach that catered to a gay clientele, as was the case with young boys. Lack of money never seemed to be a problem for Shanley. In October of 1993, the Diocese of San Bernardino got wind of it. To use Cardinal Law's exact words, Shanley's impressive record and quickly yanked the priest from his post at St. Anne's Parish. Shanley headed back east. Cardinal Law decided that Shanley needed a little R&R and sent him to a treatment facility, the Institute of Living in Hartford, Connecticut. The Archdiocese of Boston picked up the tab. During this same time period, Shanley had the uncanny good fortune to link up with his old friend and fellow pederast, Dr. Francis Frank Pilecki, who had resigned from the Westfield State College in Barr, Massachusetts, after he was indicted but not convicted for homosexual misconduct with students. Pilecki was a former employee of the Archdiocese of New York. In 1987, he was hired to work at Leo House, a Catholic outreach center and travel hostel, always teeming with young students, operated for the Archdiocese of Catholic, of, by Catholic Charities. Pilecki was reported to be a close friend of Father Bruce Ritter of Covenant House, another member of the East Coast Pederast Ring. Pilecki convinced Shanley to take a job as a minister at Leo House. The aging street priest took up a residency at Leo House with an openly gay roommate. Unfortunately for Shanley, one of Shanley's former victims had traced him to Leo House and began a series of calls to the nuns in charge of the lodging. Finally, in 1995, one of the nuns contacted Cardinal O'Connor and asked if the accusations against Shanley were true. She never got a formal reply from O'Connor, but Cardinal Law delegated Father Flatley, his assistant on sexual abuse cases, to allay, allay, allay her fears. Now the Archdiocese of Boston finally leapt into action. No, not against Shanley. Rather, it attempted to contact the Schnitz, the Schnitz, the Snitch, and see if they could reach a financial settlement. In the meantime, the Archdiocese of Boston continued to pay Shanley's mounting medical bills. In 1996, on the occasion of Shanley's 65th birthday, Cardinal Law awarded him senior priest status, which meant an increase in pay and benefits. In 1997, Law, upon learning that the position of executive director for Leo House was vacant, informed O'Connor that he would not stand in the way of Father Shanley taking the job, but the New York Cardinal is reported to have turned down Law's proposition. Eventually, Shanley found his way back to, Cardinal, to California, where he remained until May the 2nd. 2002, when his luck ran out, California law enforcement officials in San Diego arrested him. He was extradited to Massachusetts, where he was arraigned at the Newton District Court in Cambridge and is currently waiting trial and bail. It has been reported that Shanley will plead innocent to charge charges of the repeated rape of a, of a young boy and that his defense lawyers may argue that Shanley was a homosexual with no history of sexual activity with prepubescent children. Cardinal Law was forced to resign on December the 13th, 2002 and, was, and has been replaced by the Vatican's troubleshooter, Sean Patrick O'Malley. 
The Archdiocese of Boston is still trying to reach out, reach an out-of-court settlement with the attorneys of dozens of Shanley's victims so that the Shanley case never has to go to trial. Now, <clears throat> let me continue with the anatomy of the overworld that protects Shanley. Uh, this is worthy of its own tape, but I'm going to try to continue and I'll come back to it. As the Shanley case clearly demonstrates, not only did the Archdiocese of Boston have a flourishing clerical, pederast, homosexual underworld, it also had a clerical and lay overworld consisting of cardinals, bishops, priests, lay bureaucrats, papal nuncios, diocesan attorneys, and an infinite number of other individuals who protect the underworld either by their silence or by their overt cooperation. Shanley went through three cardinals. He is currently on his fourth. Richard Cardinal Cushing, 1944 to 1970. Humberto Cardinal Medeiros, 1970-1983. Bernard Cardinal Law, 1983 to 2002. All of the above cardinals protected Shanley. Why? When all is said and done, the answer boils down to blackmail. Shanley knew too much about too many and, like many clerical homosexuals, was clever enough to have kept good records as a form of insurance against the day he would run into trouble with either the church or secular law enforcement agencies. Shanley was accused an unnamed Shanley has accused an unnamed cardinal of abusing him when he was a seminarian at Boston's St. John Seminary. Cardinals Cushing and Medeiros played an important role in covering for Shanley. And as the record clearly shows, law has not been out on Shanley's grip. Law law has not been out of Shanley's grip since he took over the Boston Archdiocese. Father Shanley also went through a host of auxiliary bishops. Those still living include Bishop Robert J. Banks, now Bishop of Green Bay, Wisconsin, Bishop John B. McCormick, now Bishop of Manchester, New Hampshire, Bishop Thomas V. Daly, former Bishop of Palm Beach, now Bishop of Brooklyn, New York, Bishop Alfred C. Hughes, now Archbishop of New Orleans, Bishop William F. Murphy, Bishop of Rockville Center, Long Island, New York. Bishop Banks, ordained by Cardinal Law in 1985, served as Law's vicar for administration. He helped stash Shanley safely away in the Diocese of San Bernardino. According to San Bernardino church officials, Banks wrote them a letter in 1990 in which he assured our diocese that Father Shanley had no problems that would be of concern to the diocese. Bishop McCormick, the former chairman and still member of the USCCB's Ad Hoc Committee on Sexual Abuse, was reported to have been worked, working with Shanley to, de to develop a safe house system for clerical pederasts on the, on the land. As law secretary of ministerial personnel for the Boston Archdiocese from 1984 to 1994, McCormick was charged with handling numerous sexual abuse complaints against archdiocesan priests. McCormick has been named in a recent clergy abuse lawsuit involving the late Reverend Joseph E. Birmingham of Boston. Defendants charged that McCormick, a seminary classmate of Birmingham, who served in a parish with him in Salem, saw the priest take boys to his room in the 1960s and did nothing to stop it. Bishop Daly, ordained by Cardinal Medeiros in 1975, is reported to have played an important role in the cover-up involving convicted pederasts Father John G. J. Jook, Father John J. Gilhan, Gilhan, of Boston, as Chancellor and Vicar General under Medeiros. He was an insider in the Shanley case. In an excellent New York Times article titled 
Cardinal's ex-age touched by scandal. Reporters Pam Bellock, Fox Butterfield, and, and, and Sarah Reamer stated that in 1982, Daly per, permitted Giogan, Giogan to go on a planned two-month sabbatical to Italy after he, Daly, had promised the family of seven abused sons that he would act responsibly. In 1984, Daly became the first bishop of Palm Beach. After Daly was awarded the Diocese of Brooklyn, his successors, Bishop Joseph K. Simmons and Bishop Anthony J. O'Connell, were both forced to resign when the pederast exploits became public knowledge. The roles played in the Shanley case by Archbishop Hughes, who was ordained by Cardinal Medeiros, in 1981, and Bishop Murphy, a law a lawman, are yet to be determined in upcoming uh, court depositions. To his credit, the only Boston auxiliary to have voiced his objections to cardinal law concerning Gyokin's homosexual involvement with young boys was Bishop John M. D'Arcy, the current bishop of Fort Wayne, South Bend, Indiana. Finally, Shanley went through at least a half dozen of different Catholic parishes and dioceses, and hundreds, if not thousands, of Catholic bureaucrats, pastors, news reporters, law officers, social service personnel, and other lay people in the 40 plus years of his sexual career. In the overworld that protected Father Paul Shanley, any less culpable than he is the overworld that protected Father Paul Shanley, any less culpable than he and the homosexual underworld to which he belonged. True reform begins in Rome. The scandal, loss of faith, and moral devastation that the actions of Am Church's predatory homosexual episcopate has wrought on the Catholic Church in America is self-evident for anyone who has eyes to see and ears to hear. The following chapter highlighting the special role played by Joseph Cardinal Bernardin in the homosexual underworld will bring into even clearer focus the needs of the Holy See to clean out the clerical homosexual underworld in the church and the vast ecclesiastical overworld that protects it. The searing question Rome must answer is, are bishops above the law, ecclesiastical and civil? So far the answer has been yes. The chapter on homosexual pederast bishops in the American hierarchy began with a, began with a quote taken from St. Damien's Book of Gomorrah. This writer believes that it is equally fitting to end this segment on morally corrupt bishops and cardinals with a final admonition from St. Damien that is true today as it was in the 11th century, Italy. True church reform begins with the vicar of Christ. Amen. All right, that's page 868. That concludes our uh, reading today, and we'll continue uh, hopefully shortly with a follow-up.